We're down to the AFC and NFC championship games. We have NFL superlatives, and we talk about privilege and Mr. LeBron James. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And gentlemen, it is nice to be back once again. We got a, a whole slate of things to talk about. I'm excited because my Bengals are still alive and well. Uh, but, uh, you know, something uh, that I, I didn't feel uh, a huge fan connection with, but I wanted to start with this. I got a, a little notification on my phone yesterday, the day before, because I'm a Reds fan, and it said Scott Rowland got into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, what was the process? That why did he get in? Like, what, is this off schedule or is this the regular class? They're review like what? No, this is a regular class. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the McGriff was a special committee voting process. Okay. So his was separate. So is Roland the only one? Committee. I mean, they're they're both considered the same class. But is that that's it for yeah this those year? two? Okay. That's that's why I guess I was a little confused because it's such a small class and one came from the veterans. Yeah. One came from this. And this was just a regular voting like normal. Yeah. So uh, you feel good about him being in the hall? Uh, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. A lot of people try to say they do, but, I mean, if Harold Baines is in, you know, I'm pretty – I'm fine with Scott Rowland. <laughs> I, he played I, elite defense. Can we can we not use Harold Baines', Baines argument anymore? Are we past that? Can we just assume everyone in America realizes he probably shouldn't yeah, be in? Probably. Okay. So probably talk about the next guy. Yeah, whoever the next guy. Like but, maybe a guy – I know war is not everything, right. but maybe a guy not with a – was it 38? Right, right, right. Ah. No, but uh, Roland, eight, I believe eight-time gold glove at third. Great defensive third baseman. He had great years with Philly, Cardinals, who, Reds. Who were some other third basemen that played around his era same time? I mean, you had uh, – Because I feel like he was known for Chipper. like – Chipper played. And they were both National League. Right, right. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking like it doesn't seem like as many gold gloves as, as I thought because I just remember him being like that great defense uh, third baseman. And Beltre was good, but he was an AL. Yeah, so. that's what I was trying to think. Who who was really better than him during his time he played? Well, I think that with Roland, though, there were some injury-riddled seasons in there. So he would have probably had 10 or more had he stayed healthy more. But I think for the era he played in, like is it really just him and Chipper over that time? That I mean, he's definitely better third baseman defensively than Chipper. Right. Hands down. So he was probably the best third baseman defensively of his time. So he, so even though maybe some don't look at him as like that surefire Hall of Famer, I think it's safe to say at least most would probably look at him and say he was that era's A, B, third baseman. Yeah, I mean, and here's, the, here's a fun fact about Scott Rowland. So this is his sixth year of eligibility, and he is the lowest uh, – Vote getter for his first year on the ballot to get into the Hall of Fame. You want to guess what percentage he got on year one? So you have to have at least. I thought it was uh, five, maybe. I think it's two. Maybe I think two. as long as you got two percent, you go you to the to next ballot. Is it two? I, it's, I think it's like five percent. Is it five? I don't right. know. Wait, so so I, I was going to base whatever that was, maybe like the a percent lowest higher. First year vote getter to make the Hall of Fame in the history is Scott Rowland. So, what do we think it is? Seven percent, ten, ten. So, first year of eligibility, he went from ten to seventy-five or whatever he was at. This seventy-six, I think. So, why? What happened? Like that? That shows some flaw there. I mean, because 
Like, you didn't think he was – Nothing know, changed, obviously. Like, you could have voted for him any of those past five years. I think it was like, a lack of a, a better uh, supporting cast this time. Well, it's also him getting more votes is voters with a lack of other options to vote for because the guys who are eligible for the Hall in the same time, they don't want to vote for but or better players. Yeah, they'll vote for the other 10 knowing that he has a chance getting down in down the road. Um the biggest jump this year, Todd Helton, went from 52 to 72. And he's about done, isn't he? He'll get in next year. Okay. Because usually when you get in the 70s, you'll get in. He, there's not a strong uh, a candidate list next year. Probably Adrian Beltre's the only one new one coming in. So you're, He'll get in, and then Helton's going to get in. Billy Wagner's going to get in. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Your notable guys for 2024, Adrian Beltre, which – if you look at his numbers, great career, but you don't really think of him as a Hall of very good. Not who Beltre. Beltre's a stud. He did it on such shitty teams, though. He's not out there. Uh, you know he, what I mean? Beltre's Rangers. numbers against Chipper Jones and they're comparable. Oh, yeah. he had great years. What I'm saying is, you don't think that just of him. didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. his garbage he played time. on garbage teams. Yeah. Uh, Joe Maurer won a league MVP, several batting tires. At least they were in the playoffs a few times. He got his name out there a little bit more. Uh, Chase Utley, Jose Batista, Bartolo Colon. He's a Hall of Fame for the bat flip alone. Yep. Adrian Gonzalez. By <laughs> Matt Holliday. No. Victor Martinez. The only one is Beltre and potentially Joe Maurer. Jose Reyes, David Wright, no, 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 Brandon no. Phillips. Okay, no, no. so we're on the same page. Beltre and Maurer would be the two for the 2024 out of this. One. I'm not saying Maurer gets in next year, but that he he'll, will. He'll he will be in. Is there any anybody else on there that's been on the ballot that's about to drop off? Has any chance of getting in, or we've moved past all the 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 asterisk candidates? Well, there's some of them, like Manny Ramirez is eligible. He's not even getting votes. He's not, you know. Sheffield got a big jump this year. And, and I'm biased because of the age. Yeah, I appreciated what Sheffield was. I, he was like always a feared hitter when I watched. But does he have all the same numbers you feel? I think he does. He's looking over 500 home runs. That's that's like the magic number, right? If you're 500 home runs, dude, you should be in. And he always hit for power and average. The yep. dude – and he's got the best stance of all time, oh, yeah. arguably. You could say he's in the top five. Stance, not swing. Yeah. The stance is uh, – it, 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 Yeah, it's like I, I, got, no I got you. I saw you. But uh, uh, I feel like you get Beltre in, definitely Helton, definitely Billy Wagner, and then there's a very good chance Andrew Jones sneaks in because he went up pretty good a bit this year. I, I feel if like – The next year that you're out. I feel like the case for Andrew Jones gets – Bigger and bigger each year. Like more supporters are coming out for that call. So, I, and I, I know he fell off after age thirty. I get it. There are four players in the history of MLB that have ten Gold Gloves and hit over four hundred home runs. Andrew's the only one not in Hall of Fame. The other three: Willie Mays, Mike Schmidt, King Griffey Jr. All right, so we're saying five hundred's a benchmark, right? Like right. if you're five hundred, you should be in no matter what. So you give some concessions. If you're five hundred, you didn't quite get there, but you're a four hundred. But then you got that whole collection of gold gloves. Ten like, gold gloves. Like, can we? Does that count as ten home runs each time? So we're back to five hundred. <laughs> so the thing is, you got William Mays Jr. and Andrew, right? That's a good so, company. Uh, you could argue that any of those three are the best defensive center fielder of all time, and anyone would, no one would get mad at you if you made the case for any of those right. three center fielders too. Like these are legends, right? Like just all time on the defensive great. side. Yep. 
All three of those could be considered the best of all time. It is crazy how whether or not you hit that 500 benchmark makes such a difference because Fred McGriff was side up 493 for so long, and we all said he played one more year. He hits 504 or no strike or no strike, and he's in. You look at Gary Sheffield, he had 509, but all you think and care about is he's in the 500 home run club. Well, that's because he had more suspicion. Fred McGriff never had it. The the era they played in. And Sheffield never participated in the Tomomansky fielding and hitting drills. Right. This one's for you. (laughs) Just the random blue hat with no logo on it. Yeah, and it was was barely sitting on top of his head. (laughs) It was all cockeyed. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we, we go too far off of that, uh, and I definitely want to get to the NBA stuff. Um, so man, Ram, he doesn't get in, does he? Like he, he's clouded with that. Cause he did get suspended. I don't think anybody gets suspended will be in. So A-Rod's out, man, Manny's out, uh, which is why I think Clemens and Bond should get in. Right. Well, even if you're suspended, you served your time. I mean. And you still got the numbers yeah. after the suspension. I'm, I'm so over this stuff. You know, I, and but, why is it such a big deal in baseball? But if a guy gets caught juiced in the NFL, he comes back and you're like, all right, you can have my fantasy team. Mike Webster is a Hall of Fame center, damn it. Like, no one died cares because of, He died because of steroids. And, but no one bats an eye. No. It's like you the know, Joker meme. Why is it like that in baseball? Because the writers have dictated this. So, you know what we say the magic number is a lot of times as far as war goes for Hall of Fame is what? 65 or 70. But, yeah, yeah. that range 70. Manny Ramirez is a 69. I mean, he's... Technically right there in the Hall of Fame field. 312 average, 2,500 mm-hmm. hits, 555 home runs, big moments. That, to me, is like Adrian Beltre in the same situation. You would think of him first ballot. That guy's got to be right there. He put up great numbers, but he did it almost hidden where he was at. It blows my mind that Big Poppy's in and Manny's not because when they played, Manny was the bigger feared hitter than Big Poppy. Yeah. Like Manny in his prime, I would take him all day over Big Poppy. Yeah, except for the postseason. Uh, You know, that was the only time it was different. But uh, you're you're not wrong about any of that. The other question I wanted to ask, um, too, just in like the curious case of Fred McGriff, does the way the public view you impact your Hall of Fame candidacy? Like, you look at a guy like Sheffield, you know, he was, he's a little. He's arrogant. Yeah, well, it does he a little can, bit because writers comes, are the ones voting for But it. like it's McGriff, like McGriff is well loved. He's, he's just Mr. Consistent, went about it the right way in quotes. But the fact is, it's not just about the public because if the public feels that way, there's a good chance they treated the writers that way. So it's going to go hand in hand. Uh, or so, it's, or they're just going to. Eat whatever the writers made them read. Right. You know, I mean, that's part of it, too. You want to take a guess what Adrian Beltre's war is? I'm going to guess. Well, yeah. you, want to, you want to go first? 74. I think he's in the 80s. You're both way too low. 93 and a half. Wow. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. He's probably higher than Chipper Jones. Like, why is he not first ballot? He will be. Okay. Next year. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's on next year's. Chipper Jones is an 85. There you go. I told you that. So will will he go in? Oh, first just, be, just because there's nobody. No, he, he's freaking ninety three. He should I, go in. I, I mean, but like you're right. I'm, but baseball writers are stupid. Will man. he be unanimous? No, I, no. He's first ballot. Why? Why can't they get over that now? That's ignorance. Like well, to me, he's clear cut Hall of Famer. Like I want to know. Like, do they release all the votes publicly? Some people will. I know different no, they writers. Don't that they're, require so they're not required to. That so that needs to change. Yeah, that's right. bullshit right, right there. Be held accountable. That's a bullshit. If you have test. a spot to vote, you need we need to know your ballot. Because if you're not voting for a guy with a ninety-three war, that's a generational talent. Right. 
Uh, we should see that you. I want to know why don't you think he's a Hall of Famer? Like answer that question. Yeah. Because maybe Put them then, on the podium. maybe then they'd start doing it the right way. I don't. I don't know. Hold them accountable. Here's the thing: if you get a vote for any of these, you should be required to make your vote public. Hell yes. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't think they do that. Billy Wagner, 422 saves. Dude, Indiana. he had an ERA of check. Check Billy Wagner's uh, ERA for his last year when he decided to walk away. So this will blow your mind because he was this. he was still dialed in, wasn't he? He was in the low ones. What? His last year before he quit. How old Age was he? Forty, I think. Okay. So. 2010 with the Braves, his ERA was 1.43. 1.43. How, how many that's appearances? In 71 games. Okay. <laughs> and he decided to walk away. Like so, so to me, he's all famous. He's, he's got a career similar to a Sandy Koufax on longevity, but he walked away at the highest spot. That's the lowest ERA of his whole career. Um. I think I think some of it you got to look at how they were in their prime and like what their what their ceiling looked like if they don't have that longevity like how dominant were they and he, he was best in the game I mean he, he was right there um, there was uh, man there was another one I was going to ask you about so Joe Maurer is an interesting one to me we think he'll eventually get in he was a league MVP three time Gold Glove a hell of a hitter three oh six career average uh, over two thousand hits but fifty five for a WAR. He wasn't a great defensive catcher. I was never a Joe Maurer fan. I he felt like the first, and it didn't. He had like a couple real good years. I felt like there was so much hype around him, and don't get me wrong, he had a great career. But like to me, when he came up, he was one of those like almost can't miss Hall of Fame talents. But he had a lot of issues staying healthy later part of his career. Yeah. But before we wrap up on this, for anyone listening, free sweet Lou Whitaker, get him in the hall. <laughs> All right, so we'll uncharacteristically maybe talk about something else that seems off schedule. We just got done talking pretty in detail about baseball because we had some news there. We also got some NBA news, and, you know, it's still early enough in the season. We don't care much about the standings or results. But, uh, you know, we, we've got a couple of headlines. One, I just wanted to start with, did you see the Shannon Sharp-LeBron James interaction? All I saw with John was – Morant, his no, family. I, I saw Shannon – Trying to fight the the Grizzlies, and then John Morant's dad came out there, and got involved. So I, I don't know much more than that. And he's like, "You don't want this smoke." Yeah. And he was just trying to defend his boy LeBron, right? Is that what this was about? For whatever reason, he decided to start a conversation with Dylan Brooks and tell him, "Hey, you're too small to guard LeBron." And Dylan Brooks said, "Shut the fuck up!" While Shannon Sharp got butthurt and said, "Ah, oh, motherfucker, blah blah blah, you don't want this smoke." He's used to dealing with Skip Bayless's ass every day, so you know he's got a lot of pent up aggression, but. I can't. I couldn't decide the sweater he was wearing. Does that have drip? Yes or no? Like I couldn't tell. I can't. Do you know how much that thing costs? It's a thirty-one hundred dollars sweater. Of course it has drip. Damn it! I knew it. I should have just assumed it. Mm-hmm. I wanted that baby. The thing looked nice, but uh, that was. I, I uh, saw the meme with Shannon Sharp and Barney the dinosaur. Now I can't go <laughs> back. That's all I ever see when I look at him. He looks just like Barney. That's so good. But stay it's in your not. damn lane, Shannon. I'm sorry. You're an NBA game. No one cares. Just watch the game. Yeah, but he would have, at, at 56 years old, he would have whooped whoever got a hold of him, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> Come on. Maybe. He would have, he would have jacked somebody up. That would have been great. But we didn't get, we didn't get that part of the story. So the other thing with LeBron, uh, recently it was more about Bronny and, uh, he kind of drew the ire of at least Twitter, a lot of social media as, uh, 
Not being able to check his privilege. Uh, so when you're almost a billionaire, I'm assuming he's on his way to, uh, and your son is an up and coming basketball talent. Uh, he's, he's been known to throw his weight around here a little bit. And, uh, people are not sure how to feel about him being so, uh, boisterous here. But anyway. So he, he's been offered three schools, right? Do you know who they are? Who are they? I mean, I was asking. I know one of them's Ohio State. Okay. And, but isn't there, I don't know what they are. There's, there's three colleges. One of them's Ohio State, and uh, basically it was, uh, you know, LeBron says that's not all he can do. He can go anywhere in the country he wants. I just got to make a phone call. <laughs> so, so, like, is why, it, is why even recruit him? Is this a scenario where, like, he's not living up to the uh, name just like Michael Jordan's son? I mean, is this what we're dealing with now? Uh, well, in essence, Bronny, he, he's a four-star player. With a a five-star dad. (laughs) So here's what I saw that really threw me off. An unnamed source, who, of course, you don't want to be named, said that they were trying to recruit Bronny. Well, here's the problem. You don't actually get to talk to Bronny. You have to schedule time on a Tuesday or Thursday with the family publicist who will let you get in touch with the mother. Then if things go well, you can talk (laughs) to Bronny. So is it it overkill? By the way, you want to guess how much... He's averaging as a high school. He's five star, right? He's going to come straight to the league and play with his dad. Do you know how many points a game he averages? Sixteen. Six point eight. Six. What? You're lying. What? He's a senior in high school. This is freshman. Varsity totals hasn't went up. Mm. I'll get we'll the next to fact line check down that. Here. Biggie throwing some shade and making some bold claims without backing it up. So we'll see if that holds true. We'll get our research and development team to make sure we're right there. Uh, the, now, he might be on a team full of uh, other five stars. I did see he was on the uh, McDonald's All-American team uh, coming up. So if you haven't got a chance to see Bronny play, I guess you will if you want to tune in to ESPNU or whatever that comes on. Um, but I guess my question is, is a lot of this necessary? Do you feel at all? Just because, you know, his dad is high status. Like, I get the publicist thing. Like, you want to control what happens with that family if possible. But how much of it's just him, you know, being tone deaf and thinking that he can just throw his money around and get whatever he wants? I think a lot of it's being tone deaf. My kid will have what I want him to have or what he wants to have because of who I am. I think that what sucks is that, he is a good, you know, we've seen the videos. Remember, we're all here in Poco, West Virginia. We watched when uh, they came up here on the East Coast and played against Isaac McNeely's team. The real only reason we're paying attention because he's a Poca kid. <laughs> Our hometown school. And he's now in Virginia. Yeah. A freshman. And uh, McNeely ends up taking the game over late and winning overtime. Bronny James was playing, but he clearly wasn't the best player on the court. So when he gets to college, is it his name? Like, he already has a target on his back. Yeah, How many guys out there, like Mikey Williams has been a name you heard a lot in AAU basketball up until about this last year with Bronny James, and Bronny James has overtaken him mainly because of his name, because Mikey Williams is still ranked higher as far as their class, and he's a better player. So, so I guess my question is, where do you think he ultimately ends up? Does he go to college? Does he do a G League? I mean, what, what do you think happens? I think he has to go to college. If he, if he doesn't, he'll get eaten alive. He, he just not that talent. Yeah. But uh, I want to read a few uh, comments here that was out there on social media. <laughs> all right. All right. La tampering, privileged, corruption. These are all separate ones. Le rigged. 
we have uh, is that just all by Biggie? Yes, black, black privilege at its finest. From if LeBron calls a school and the school declines to accept Bronny, the first thing he's going to say is they're racist as usual. So people were upset. LeBron about can do this, this, but Lori Laughlin went to prison. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> uh, and then yikes! If he was good, you wouldn't have to pick up the phone. Mm. So. LeBron James Jr. as a freshman averaged 6.8 points a game. Now, as a guy who's going to go straight to the league and play with his dad, he's averaging almost 14. Right. Right, I was close. Uh, I was close. I said 16. Dude, 14 points a game? Are you kidding me? In high school. I, but is he is he on a team full? Like, what, what's the team averages look like? Sierra Canyon, they go over the country. So, you're right. I'm it serious. could be four other kids that are yeah. all five-star prospects. Because, look, if he's already – you know, dictating where he's going to go to school and, and who gets Bronny and where that NIL money is going to come from. I'm sure he's dictating what high school team he's playing for. Ohio State, USC, and Oregon are yeah, reportedly just, just seen it. Mm, the, the top three choices. So Oregon is only there because of Phil Knight. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> One of these is not like the other. But if you think about it, if you're any of these colleges out there and you could get Bronny to come on an NIL deal, how much? How much would it take? How much would it take? You're well, going mean, to you're going to sell out all your home games. His now. dad's already a billionaire, so it's not like he needs oh, money. No, businessman's always a businessman. Now this is my own money. I don't know. You could give him a couple million dollars a year, probably three million. So I, I know, like, there's players that make that now. Like, what's what's Sheepway get from Kentucky? You got God, he got two million. Yeah. So I mean, well, hell, that, that, worth ten. Million. That's what I'm saying. It may not be enough. I bet he gets. I get. He gets paid more by his college team than he was rookie NBA contract. Likely. I do agree. If he doesn't go to college at least for a year and play on a more consistent basis against higher, better talent than also guys that are 21 years old that have adult bodies, he'll get killed when he goes to the league. Because LeBron's 6'9". Man, he's a brute. He's a linebacker playing there. Bronny is 6'3". Genetic three, freak. 190. Yeah. Like, he's going against He got his Moran. mama's genes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't help. Steph Curry, Chris Paul, like Chris Paul's old, but those guys, he's going to have to try and defend Luka. It's not like he's going to be able to play in the post and maybe hide a little bit. Right, so it doesn't matter. He's going to play in the NBA, though, and it's, and it's going to be like the shortest career ever. Um, but, it, I mean, I think he is, but I guess that's my question. Is he going to make it and play with Daddy? He's going to be the Greg Oden of the guards. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> Greg Oden had talent. He was yeah. just injury prone. Did he though? Yeah, you're like wishing injury on the young man. I'm not saying we do that. Oh. Greg Oden, to his defense, looked like he was 35 when he was drafted. Oh, you you thought uh, Albert Pujols lied about his age. Yeah. 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 I think he'll end up in the league with his daddy because that's what his daddy wants. There's too much money to be made there. I think the only way it doesn't happen would be if LeBron Sr. were to happen, were to have some type of a uh, – career-ending injury. Not Otherwise, happen. it's happening. Because the NBA even changed that one-and-done rule starting next year. To still Biggie's line, I'll say this. <laughs> He's no ball brother, okay? <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right, we got tons of NFL playoff action to talk because we are down to the Final Four, and we got the championship games this weekend. But they announced most of the finalists, I believe, and all the NFL superlatives. So, like, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, stuff like that. So I want to kind of go through that quickly. 
Um, so where do you want to start, Big? You got them pulled up? Yeah, we'll start with bottom workup because they do a few different rookie of the year ones, defensive offense. So defensive rookie of the year, three three nominees are Sauce Gardner, Adam Hutchinson, and Tariq Woolen for the Seahawks. All right, so I feel like Sauce is winning that one walking away. Am I wrong? Like, I mean, with a name like Sauce. I mean, that helps. That helps. You got to go there. Yeah, I Hutchinson had a winner. good year. Yeah, he had a really good year in year in New York. Aiden Hutchinson was a baller too, though. Yeah, yeah, great pick by the Lions, the hometown kid there. But uh, wasn't that the worst defense in the NFL though? Well, he had a lot of chances to rush past. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, uh, so Gardner, all right, Gardner probably wins it. But Tariq Woolen was a steal by the Seahawks. They killed it in last year's draft. Offensive rookie of the year, Brock Purdy. Kenneth Walker, another Seahawk, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Jets. So I, I think it's rather Purdy or Walker. I think if you go with who played most of the year, you give it to Walker. I think it's Walker, but the feel-good story is obviously Mr. Like, it's If Purdy would have played four more games, I think he, he probably wins. Yeah. I agree. I think it's Walker if Purdy would have played more than I think what he started the last you don't, five. You don't think yeah. there's a way Purdy steals this one? No, I think he'd have to play at least half the season, and he yeah. did so, but you look at that offensive, so defensive, twice of the year. Seahawks are in there. Yeah. Two Seahawks and two Jets. Right. Walker, the first relevant running back since Marshawn. Coach of the year. Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan. Is there a guy who isn't on that list who should be? Because I have one. Dan Campbell. Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're maybe, right. You're right. Dan Campbell, damn Lions, maybe, finished 9 and 8. Maybe they yeah. can start a comeback coach of the year award yeah. <laughs> for Pete Carroll in there. So I feel like all these nominees are really good. It's Peterson. Um, I mean, it's like it's the biggest turnaround. Yep. But then did anybody think the Giants were going to make the playoffs? The Giants were in the playoffs and won a playoff game for the first time since 2011 Super Bowl. I mean, it's been 12 years. They've been dormant. To me, it's really tough because we're not even really going to talk about Shanahan, Shanahan no. because all the talent they have. Why is he even in there, though, really? I mean, well, I mean, that team, they the, went through two quarter They're down to the third string. Yeah, third I string mean, quarterback. Yeah, blessing won. in disguise. He, it is. Yeah, I agree. That's why he's not Ooh, going to win. <laughs> uh, Doug no Peterson. seven-round draft picks than me. <laughs> Doug Peterson, to me, is the coach of the year out of these three because – that mess that you had your head coach kicking your kicker last yeah, year. I, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be upset if Dayball wins, uh, but it's it, it's definitely yeah. between them two. I, I, I'm with Peterson, though. I'm with you guys. All right, what's next? So, comeback player of the year. That's yeah, Geno Smith. Saquon Barkley. And Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Geno Smith. It's Geno. Geno. It's got to be Geno. How can it not yeah. be? And you're going to err on the side of the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you stepped in, you set a franchise record for passing yards, and you made the playoffs. What year is this for Gina? This is what, year nine? Nine or ten. Drafted by the, what, Jets, right? Jets, yeah. And he's never – is that – he had a chance to start back then, but how long has it been since he's had a chance to be the guy? He's been a backup for the last six years, I think. No, I think it's been – yeah, he had a little bit of time in New York with the Giants, too. Well, if you'll remember, he's the guy in in Eli Manning's consecutive game started streak. He is. That's a hell of a a story. Like, how do you go – so you went from New York market to the other New York market, and you get inserted in the worst possible way – um, I'm glad he found his way, but he spent time around some other really good quarterbacks. He had Phillip Rivers he backed up. He had 
I think Russ is a good Does quarterback. Stay, yeah. It's not popular to say Russ is a good does. quarterback right now. Um, yeah, I think I think you'll give him a hometown discount too. All right. Well, so we're all on board with Gina. Yes. All right. all right. Defensive Player of the Year: Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, defense tackle, Kansas City Chiefs, Micah Parsons. Um, if it was the first half of the year, it's Micah Parsons. And it's not the first half of the year, so it is uh, it's, Nick Bosa. It's Nick Bosa. It's not I, – I, look, Aaron Micah. Donald moved the bar on defensive interior lineman for me, yeah. so sorry, you're not winning. Uh, that's not the same thing. Uh, yeah. Micah still made a lot of splash plays, but Bosa is the most hard to defend against guy or the most – He's a game changer yeah. every snap. Like you, you've got to constantly work at him. Um, there's another no, thing too, and no. I love Bosa, and he should win it. That defense is so loaded, and it, he lines up all over the damn place, so you have to know where he is at all times. He does too. Like it's never the same place twice. It seems like he's like, always he's moving. done terrorize one guy. And he's having nightmares. Like, I'm gonna switch to the other side <laughs> yeah. now. Although, yeah, uh, we'll talk more about the games. Oh. Um, Michael Parsons kind of disappeared behind Trent Williams, did he not? Yeah. Best left tackle in the game. Yep. And he's also making $27 million a year. Don't think linemen don't get paid. Offensive player of the year, which a lot of times could be considered MVP, MVP but they listed it a little differently. I think they actually already gave this to Justin Jefferson, if I heard correctly, but they had four players. Mahomes, Hurts, Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. Were you guys impressed with the, the year Hill had in Miami without Mahomes? I, I, I honestly, I think Miami, and I know we can love and hate to at different times depending on how things are going. I think that offense is built to be good, you know. I, and I, I don't think two is necessarily as bad as sometimes we think he is. But uh, let's say if they had a more versatile pocket passer instead of a guy that scrambles, um, you know, who knows what his numbers would be. I'll say that I was more surprised with the numbers that he'll put up than what Mahomes did without Hill. I'll agree because I don't have it in front of me, but Hill had to have had 15, 1,600 yards receiving this year. Yeah. I mean, he had a, he had a huge Double year. Double digits touchdowns. And he played for, I think, did four different quarterbacks throwing the ball this year? Yeah, but he's one of those players you got to get him involved in jet sweeps and everything you possibly can to get him in, in uh, space. Yeah. Um, I th- he had 1,700 yards and seven touchdowns. Oh, so yeah. seven touchdowns. Okay. So Still. touchdowns hurt him a little bit, but – Yards did not. No. <laughs> Who uh, was the four candidates again? Him, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Offensive Player of the Year. Ugh. I mean – Well, and Jefferson broke the all-time receiving record. I feel like this should not be a um, – So almost got to go there. It shouldn't be a quarterback award. They should no. keep quarterbacks completely out of this. Yeah. I, I mean, it is like apples and oranges there. I, I think that uh, – I think you got to go Jefferson. Yeah. Of course, he got one more game to break Moss's record, but still – uh, what so, was the what record did he break? All time receiving record, like yards. Or, yeah, or did he fall just short of it? Or he did he got it? He's, eight, that, he's got eighteen hundred, eighteen oh nine. But I feel like somebody's gotten more than that. Calvin Johnson. I know going into the last game against of the year against the Packers when I was talking to Bonehammer, he was sure that he was breaking the record in that game, so he couldn't have been that far. But away didn't from he have it. a really bad game? Oh yeah, they did get destroyed. But I know oh, I thought that he. Broken. I don't know. He's the youngest player to ever do so. This is where Tony and Wilbon look over and get stacked correct. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's He's got the most receptions by a player in his first three seasons. Here's the thing, though. If Moss didn't take a game off that year, he'd stuff the record. So it's yeah. Moss's fault for taking a game off. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right, so um, we go to Jefferson there. Are we moving on now? We are. We're down to the last one, league MVP. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Jefferson are the five finalists. Mahomes, baby. It's, it's Mahomes or Hurts, and it's Mahomes. So Jalen Hurts threw for almost 4,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, ran for another 800 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's clearly second to Mahomes here. Mahomes had a career-high 5,200 yards this year, and he led the league in touchdown passes with 41, which isn't his personal best, but it led the league. He also had the best year of his career in completions percentage the year after Hill left. He completed almost 68% of his passes this year. And that was with a, uh, you know, no alpha receiving core, just like some guys, you know. I mean, they have a, a dynamic offensive line. They put they a do. lot of money into it after that Super Bowl loss to the Bucs. But they got they, a guy named Kelsey, too. I mean, they're trading he's for okay. receivers like five weeks into the season. Because, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Which well, could they be got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marvez Scalvez battling. Like you got to have we'll six go names. Exxon Valdez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, you ready to just go into the the games this past weekend, or have we got any more awards? Is that it? I will say this: if they were to factor it in up into the Super Bowl, as far as MVP, I think Joey Burrow could have won MVP. So it stops at the end of regular season, correct? Yep. Uh, so it depends on how you look at um, your your MVPs. If it's uh, best player, you know, I mean, Mahomes easily. But if you if you take it to the the literal meaning, like how would the team be if you removed him off of there? I, I think Mahomes. I think Allen. I think Burrow. Obviously, those are all irreplaceable guys. Like there's. There's nothing to be ashamed about being in this conversation. Chad I think Henney all, says otherwise. Chad Henney tries to show otherwise with 97-yard <laughs> scoring drives in the postseason. Uh, and that's, that's, that's when you know Mahomes is hurt, but he's coming back. He's like, I can't let Chad Henney reveal the secret that exactly. our offense will work with anybody. Exactly. All right, so let, let's jump into those games. So Kansas City, uh, they, uh, they had Jacksonville. That game was all kinds of interesting. Uh, you had, obviously, Mahomes with the injury. Uh, I was working for most of this game, so I didn't get to see a lot of it. But was this uh, this was kind of a comeback game, was it not? I didn't get to see a lot of it either. I was actually at the Hall of Fame on Saturday. Oh, that's right. So. Getting your calves measured. There you go. So I was driving go. up to Morgantown. What? That's right. We yeah. all did things. So <laughs> we got was it was it was a seven to ten point game for most of the game. It wasn't a, a blowout by any stretch. The Chiefs yeah. did get out early. The thing I like the most about it is I had a few texts come in and it's like, oh, Mahomes is done. That ankle looks horrible. They took him out of the game and like Miss Brown was saying, he wanted to go right back in. I love Andy Reid because Andy Reid's like, you're not going back in the game until they, an they have an x-ray and it's yeah. not broken. Now, I mean, how many guys Here's are doing Here's a playoff that? game. My going to be a Hall of Fame MVP QB yeah. wants to play. Nah, you go make sure you're okay first. Yeah, You could visually see – that he was not mobile at all. Oh no! Like so, he, even the rest of the game, like he was he was hobbling that touchdown pass. He threw the little jump pass. He threw off the other foot. Yeah, I mean everything about it was awkward. So to the fact that he was even in the game, it, it was it was kind of like a Willis Reed moment, honestly. Yeah. So we'll now, see. It could be worse this coming weekend for him because that's a high ankle sprain. A lot of times there's guys that can play through it that day, but then the next day and the days after is when it's just a nightmare. But they, they had Andy Reid on a podcast. Uh, I can't remember whose podcast he was on. 
Tuesday, and he or maybe he said, it was Wednesday. It was one of his last couple days. Anyway, he said that the uh, high uncle spring Mahomes had in 2019 was worse than this one. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but he also said he's going to play. Yeah. Like, and then I listened to an interview with Mahomes, and he said that uh, he actually had Brittany and the kids coming with him because he's getting 24 seven treatment. So it sounds like he's living <laughs> at the uh, facility. He, he'll be a little more limited, but he can be from pocket. It's not like. If he can't run, he should. Like, like what percent of Patrick Mahomes do you have to not have in order to be uncomfortable? Like 70% Mahomes is still better than most quarterbacks, yeah. right? 50% is still better than most quarterbacks. Well, man, you have a whole week of game planning into it. So maybe Andy Reid, who's a genius, comes up with something that doesn't – unless he just gets beat blitz, doesn't read it, he doesn't have to be as mobile. All right. Let's uh, switch over to Bengals, man. Talk about your Bengals. So we we got the uh, you know Buffalo uh, Cincinnati rematch, and we got we got to talk about Demar Hamlin eventually too. But anyway, yeah. well that is why the Bills died. The, yeah. <laughs> wow, um, Just hit it all together, man. The um, you know the the Bengals. I, I've been saying for a few weeks, man. This is a better Bengals team than last year. And even Burrow said that in the press conference. They asked him how he felt about going back out to uh, Burrowhead, and uh, he said. You know, we got a better offense, better line, better – everything's better. So, like, he's pretty confident. Um, My favorite Burrow comment after the game was, better get them refunds. Yeah, they were all talking about them refunds because they were selling those uh, title game tickets. How come they didn't get to do a neutral site for this game? You know, because uh, you can make that argument. But anyway, I think it works uh, for them when they're the underdog, when they keep looking at being disrespected. So, they got disrespected about the Buffalo situation – uh, they, they've been kind of taken out of that context and who the best teams are in the AFC. It's always Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, I think they proved otherwise. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, Buffalo, they had some issues. Like Diggs wanted to leave the facility. He was pissed off. You saw the video of him and Allen kind of going at it on the sideline. Um, are, are the Bills considered just extreme underachievers right now? Or I mean, is, where, where do they go from here? I mean, is this the window, their, the window is closing? Is this their ceiling? It could be. This was this was like a Super Bowl bust year for a team that hadn't been to the Super Bowl in thirty years, yeah. twenty five years. The the thing about the Bills is that they're built to a certain point. They don't really have an identity on offense. Like where they Zero just running game yeah. for several years in a row. You get into a game, you're Buffalo, you play outdoors. They're building a new stadium. We all talked about it's got to be an outdoor stadium. Their team's built to play in a dome. They like to chuck it, and their quarterback is their running back. Yeah, the uh, I think that's what hurt him in the game too. Is like the Bills had a top three defense, and man, when you got bad weather like the snow, sometimes the offense can move a little better in the defense. And and they're they're just you know their windows almost shut. Um, did you tell you what though, man? The Bengals they have that running game which just showed up in the weather. So yep. Mixon just did his thing. Well, man. and they still threw they, they, they still they still threw it like forty times no, I in get that it, weather. Like, they have that option. That it's work. balanced. Right. You know, we're, we I mean we said uh, like when McCaffrey was getting traded, like did we all not sit there and say, Man, could you imagine we went to Buffalo? Right. And they Burrow used was uh, <laughs> Burrow was twenty three out of thirty six, two forty two, two touchdowns. Mixon had twenty for one hundred and five. P. Ron seven for thirty three. Just balanced. Yeah. yeah, I mean they imposed their will. With well, the, what was Buffalo's leading rusher? <laughs> Josh Allen. I think Singletary had only a few runs. I think he had like a twelve yarder, so he might have been in there. But um, you know the the offensive line was supposed to be banged up for Cincinnati, and it was. They had three uh, replacement starters, and they imposed their will. Did you figure out the leading rusher for Buffalo? 
It's all good. I, I think it was Singletary, but it's not going to be a hundred yards. No, and and in a and in a game like, or it could even be Allen. Um, but it's like they don't they don't even try to run the ball that much. Like no, they never do. I mean, it, it's it's not like you know what to expect. And if you can keep them behind, you know, schedule, they're a wreck. Josh Allen with eight carries for twenty six yards. So twenty six is their leading rusher. Yeah. But who do you have? The well, whole here's thing? the thing. He was eight for twenty six. Singletary, your starting running back, six for twenty four. Cook, your other running back, five for thirteen. So your quarterback had eight carries. Your two running backs had eleven. That's terrible. And they didn't even average that bad. But then part of the problem is they did get down. And when you're down, sometimes you have a tendency to pass a little bit more. You abandon some of your game plan stuff. So turmoil in Buffalo. But let's talk about the elephant in the room. All the right, conspiracy theorist out there. So. Uh, did you see DeMar Hamlin at the game? I saw he came out. He had a hoodie on. He had his entourage around him. Never saw the guy's face. Uh, I thought it was the dude that uh, does those online videos with the white mask. That's how it reminded me of. All the uh... – What's his name? Unknown or something? No, anonymous. Yeah. And so I felt like I was seeing walking out there. So now everyone's saying – I didn't know this until my son – actually told me we were walking into walmart he was like dad did you hear what what everybody's saying about uh the bills player that got hurt and i'm like what he says people think he's dead <laughs> so like it wouldn't be that far of a stretch to think the nfl would try to cover up a player death uh but the reason why people think this is because they haven't really seen his face um, and I, well, they tried to show him in the box at the game. It the was snow. snowing; you couldn't <laughs> see anything. But I sent you guys that picture earlier. That's more of the conspiracy theory, where right. he's standing next to his own mural, but he's got a hood down over his face, so like, you can't see. Who it. is this guy? You know. And, and so, I, here's my question: Is it like what do you think? Clearly, he's alive, man. Yes. This isn't Tupac or Elvis <laughs> on opposite ends. I saw, um, what was it, Aubrey Huff, the uh, you know, baseball player who's kind of in uh, Twitter uh, trouble all the time. You know, he was really questioning it. And somebody, the first response to him was, well, he's been active on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, oh, clearly he's alive. That's all the evidence I need. His Twitter <laughs> accounts. <laughs> well, yeah, Aubrey's I'm- big thing was the fact that it was all everyone talked about, and then now it's crickets. Yeah. Like, no one's talking about it anymore. Of course, well, he's out yeah. of the hospital. I was saying they they made, they were talking about it at the game like crazy. I thought know? I felt like I seen him in the hospital though. They showed his face when he's recovering in the hospital. Yeah, so I so think they have a term for the so, worst. So, I, so here's what I'm saying. All right, so one dude almost died. Uh, you know, technically did for a minute, I guess. Um, sometimes you can get facial paralysis. He could have had like stroke like symptoms. You know, maybe he's got the droop going on. And he don't want anybody to see that. The other thing is. You, you just had a serious heart issue. You're probably wearing masks all the time right now because you can't get sick. You don't want to compromise your recovery at all. Um, so, you know, I I need a little more evidence than that. But uh, Is he know. alive, Biggie? Yes, he is. I thought you were going to argue. Damn it. <laughs> you can. You can choose to do so. Didn't you have a friend try to convince you otherwise? Oh, no. They sent me all the stuff and said they were turning social media off. Earlier in the week, I was talking to my buddy Jeremy, who's a huge Bills fan. That's why he said, I'm going to go for a dry January because if I have any more of this, I might lose my mind. (laughs) 
Uh, I, I got to say one last thing about the. the oh, go ahead. I just want to. I, I want to say this. Demar Hamlet's out there a little bit. Would make sense for him to not see his face. It was through the snow. Blah blah blah. Um, Markel Fultz though did die between the draft and his first game in the NBA. We visit that another time. It's, it's not a deep fake. It's he's just really dead. Yeah. I mean, just okay. So <laughs> stunt double had to play, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, that's why he went from being a nice perimeter shooter at Washington and not being able to shoot a free throw in the NBA and having to go to psychological care. People get the yips, man. It happens. Who were we talking about the other day that had the yips? Several people. No, uh, we, we there was a big text exchange. I can't remember what it was now. And then they got they were saying, uh, "Oh my God, Mark Woolers." I said, said Mark I said that. What were we talking about? Who, who's who got the yips? What brought that up? <laughs> this is like a huge conversation we had with a bunch of people. I can't remember now. Oh, Brett Maher. Yeah. My oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bringing it back to the NFL. Because then they kicked the field goal that was blocked, but it was clearly going left. <laughs> Poor bastard. He ended up making some kicks, so I guess it worked like, out all right. Think we'll, we'll go to that game. Go ahead and go to that yeah, game. so so go the uh, last thing I want to say about did you hear Buffalo's GM when uh he was saying um well it'd be nice if we could draft someone like a Jamar Chase. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, he he's salty, man. He's like I I'm just not willing to go through the bad years you would have to go through to get draft picks like the Bengals have had. Wow. And and, and I, I was like, and he specifically mentioned Chase. And I'm like, bitch, you traded the pick for Justin Jefferson to get Stephon Diggs. Like, shut up. Like, you're a moron. Let's like, forget what, about that. What a salty look, though. Mm. So, of the other two games of the weekend, Giants-Eagles isn't worth talking about. Yeah, can we, we can just finish that one, right? Yeah. What happened? They are who we thought they are. Oh, God. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was what it Giants is. Giants were happy to be there. Move yeah. On. Congratulations. Niners Cowboys on Sunday. Did you get to watch any of that game? Yes. What'd you oh, think of it? Uh, so it, it went kind of how I thought it would. I thought Dallas's defense would step up as well. Uh, San Francisco's defense played well. Uh, but uh, who's getting all the blame? Dak. Well, Dak, because he played like crap. Yep. He went from the week before against the Bucks. What he had five total tutties. So yeah, four pass, oh, yeah. one rush. And then he gave away six points. The one pick he threw the defense held to a field goal early in the game, but that really should have been a pick six. The other one driving before halftime, he throws a pick where they're going to have at least a field goal attempt, which Mar did end up going two for two in the game. San Francisco goes down to the other end and gets a field goal. So there's six, nine points in that game that you lose 19 to 12. My question for you guys, do you remember when the Colts played the Patriots a few years ago? I think it was either Monday or Thursday night football. And they lined up with the punter under center. Oh, and you knew they weren't going to snap it. Dude, I laughed so hard when they lined up. And, and like, Zeke just got pancaked. Like, what do you expect? You know that? I can't, I don't know who it was. It might have been freaking Fred Warner. Like, he just, like, ah, I'm going to tear it. Like, <laughs> somersaulted, reverse somersaulted. So we got Shannon Sharp and Barney. That was uh, Zeke's Ewok moment. <laughs> that was. Right? <laughs> I saw this one, and it was the practical jokers, and I said, okay, now throw it to a guy who's triple covered for 10 yards. Uh, that guy got blown up, too. Yeah, the great I mean, thing about Dax Bakery, it's even open on Sundays. It is. Like Any turnover you want. All right, so here's he here's lost his girlfriend. Here, here's my question. I believe his ass, too. They, 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 they were in the game to the very end. They lost. Covered. It was final 16-13? 19-12. I knew it was a close game, but um, – how much is it 100% the Cowboys and Dak and we're going to blame him versus is San Francisco's defense just that good? 
San Francisco's defense is number one in every statistical category that matters. If they go on and win the Super Bowl this year, especially with, you know, rookie Mr. Relevant at quarterback, they're going to be remembered the way we think of those early Ravens defenses with Ray Lewis. Maybe not like the 85 Bears, but the Legion of Boom defense, they're just that good. Are you saying that Brock Purdy is comparable to Joe Flack? No, Trent Dilfer. It was Trent Dilfer. Mm, hey, that Trent would make Dilfer, sense. Trent Dilfer was a top 10 pick. Don't shit on Trent Dilfer. Yeah, they're not. They're nothing alike. <laughs> Trent Dilfer just got a D1 coaching job. He mm. did. He likes to yell at high school kids. I saw that on videos before. Anyway, um, so Dak in what, this game. Give me a percentage, though. Like, where do you put the blame? 50% is it split? I put about 60-65% on Dak. You're the quarterback, okay. you get the blame, you get the credit. He was 23 of 37, 200 yards, two picks and his both his interceptions were horrible. I will say this, losing Tony Pollard in the first half. I was going to ask, uh, would, is a would that change difference. the outcome of the game? I don't know if it necessarily changes the victory, but I think it's the second half plays out a little bit different. But watching that game, it is quite clear that Zeke's not a back anymore that can handle three downs. No, it's, it's very clear. No, he's he's still not a bad running back, but he's not elite anymore. He can't. He has to be in a timeshare. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a short yardage goal line back. That's what he's that used for. Yeah. He's not a center. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, so, so he's not Taysom Hill. <laughs> A few are. <laughs> Not even Tebow's taking yeah, hits. Right. Brock Purdy on the other side of it, 19 to 29, 214 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, he looked he looked like uh he came down to earth a little bit in this game. Yeah. He uh he looked like a rookie at times. Yeah. Uh but you know, he also didn't make the mistake. And right, that, yeah. that's the difference well, in the game. That's what I was gonna say. We we're reading off uh you know, stats, if you were to look at the Dallas side of it, it looks a little bit better, at least receiving Schultz, C D Lamb, both had good games. If you look at San Francisco, you think they must have ran the ball down the throat. Purdy didn't do so well. Elijah Mitchell, 14 carries, 51 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries, 35 yards. Yeah, so I mean, they, just, they had a tough day. Defense won that game. Yep. I mean, imagine all that offensive talent they got, and defense can still win you the game. Like, that's why that's why we've been saying San Francisco is probably our favorite the whole way. So let's go to the championship game predictions, all right? So let's start with the AFC. You got Cincinnati going into Burrowhead. Uh, you know they've they've won the last three meetings against the Chiefs. Mahomes has got the ankle sprain. Uh, the line I don't know what it is now. It started at two and a half uh, Chiefs favorites. It slid all the way down to a pick 'em. I've seen it go plus one for Cincinnati right now on. Uh on DraftKings, they have the Chiefs as a one-point home favorite. So it's back to one. It's just following the but money. But it's moved five and a half points throughout the week. So, you know, we can look and see where all the money's coming in. I bet it's still coming in on Cincinnati. When I first looked at it, the reason on the line moved, it said 96% was on Cincinnati. I've never seen one that high. Well, because they were giving them three points on the road in a game where most people were like, hmm, Mahomes isn't going to be. And that Vegas just hedging what they do. But, yeah, that was quite a crazy swing. So on uh, Pick Watch, it's got it as a pick'em and seventy four percent on Cincinnati right now. So, Mister Brown, start uh, with you. Yeah, I want to jump in here. So here's the deal: he's got the extra motivation that he hasn't beat them, right? I think that actually gives more pressure to Joe Burrow at this time because he has a better team around him, like you've talked about. To me, what's going to happen is because I said this months ago, Chiefs are going to.